I say watch for morale. Morale is the number one key performance indicator, I believe, in a safety culture. Do you see natural joy? And I'm not talking, we're not talking, you know, unicorns and rainbows. I'm right. saying when you walk down the hall with the safety manager or the project manager, are people saying hi, really saying hi, or are they avoiding? If they are, you need to be asking yourself, you know, where that gap in relationship is happening. Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's safety chat. Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with Jared. Welcome to the podcast, Jared. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here, buddy. So we're doing a series on inspiring safety. We've never done this before as a safety council, and it's always either related to safety culture or it's more technical, like lockout, tagout, that kind of stuff. And so I saw, I don't know if you're friends with George Nelson on LinkedIn, but he posts these videos. He's a football coach. He gets me all fired up. So watching Mm -hmm. him over and over again, then I'm looking on your page and seeing you do push-ups, and I'm like, Dang, man, I got these guys are getting me going. I got to do something on inspiring safety. And so here we go. And I just decided, you know, when we're going through there, let's just keep it simple. Three questions right to the point and hit it. So the first question, Jared, is how do you engage employees and inspire them to work safely? First of all, I, I like to just to define the difference between motivation and inspiration. Motivation is temporary, right? So I yeah. can uh, hear, hear a cool song and, and it gets me fired up and I'll do some push-ups. But after that song kind of, you know, ends or even my energy level ends, it goes away. Right. Inspiration is something totally different. This is something that you have to be intentional about. It's got to be real. It's got to come from within. And they've got to see you live the same things you're asking them to do. Extreme ownership, holding them accountable, but asking them to hold you accountable. So definitely a difference between motivation and inspiration. Absolutely. That's a huge thing, man. That consistency I'm hearing all over the place from safety managers all around the country is one of the single biggest factors, right? You can't have the third shift manager be the cool guy and lets everyone get away with everything. And then they come back to first shift. They're like, well, Bob, let me do it on third shift. It always creates some kind of division in us versus them mentality in the work, doesn't it? Absolutely. So consistency is big. Whenever you're dealing with compliance, it's got to be objective in relation to the compliance. Now, outside of compliance, there's the human touch, right? So right. the human, human touch is the difference between the subjective and the objective. And what I always tell folks is the rules are always the rules. You can't change those. But how you approach people when they break a rule or maybe not even understand the rule, is got to be personal. For example, I can walk down a corridor and I can see someone in a scissor lift and they're just not tied off. Now I can approach them and ask them safely to give me a second and when they're ready, they can come down, we can have a conversation. Now if this person just got back from lunch, hopped in there, forgot, totally owns it, respects the the catch, thanks you, there's no reason to, to escalate that to anybody. You don't probably need to go to the supervisor. You probably don't right. need to even go to his peers, you know. But there's, you know, when you have a, a, um, a gentleman or a lady who, who pushes back or just doesn't care or the frequent liar, 
that's where I can say there can be a little bit inconsistency on how you handle the back end, because maybe that person needs some additional training or, or some inspiration. The, the why, you know, the, why is it important? So yeah, compliance, persistence, very objective, but right. the back end, yeah. What's crazy is some part of the training that we hosts have been through and we get speakers to come in. I had these guys that come in and they're policies and procedures, policies and procedures, policies and procedures. <laughs> and you know that it, that crap ain't going to work. But it, it's got its place, right? You got to have policies so the company's not liable and you got to have a, a go-to book, game plan, and all that stuff. Sure, gotcha. But then the other side, when I'm talking to safety managers, I'm talking to people, everybody's saying the same thing. It's all about how you approach people and how you lead people. Not manage the task, it's how you lead people. So I guess the question I have for you then is, and it's probably that $50 billion question that no one has the right or wrong answer to is, why don't we see that? If everyone sees the problem and says, man, the really the big thing to safety is how we engage people and how we you know handle, like you said, with good sense of calmness and, and take people through a process instead of being a safety cop, how come we still see the safety cop culture out there? I'm going to use a little bit of scripture. I don't want to turn this into, you know, a gospel, but I, I, I look at uh, some wisdom from the Bible and it says, be wise as a snake and gentle as a dove. That's and good. Yeah. What I mean, what I mean by that is what it means. And the way I put it is if you're a safety manager and you have a site safety manual, you should know it the best. And so when you approach somebody you understand that's the wisdom part, right? That's right. the wisdom part. On page 22, because I've read this 20 times, I'm going to show you in black and white where we get this information. Now, not only do we have this information, but let's just say you know the why. Maybe in a root cause analysis, there was a, a gap that you found and then a corrective action. Sure. And that was actually revised. And you can say, hey, look, this is why this came to take place. Now you have someone listening, but if you're talking to them and they can see it in your eyes, you know, in the way you speak, that, look, this person just cares, you can turn that stigma away. Now, here's the problem. There's a lot of folks out there that don't even know their own safety manual well enough to defend their decision. And that can get them in conflict when they approach because they don't have the right answers. The other part of that is you have a lot of leaders out there who, like doctors and lawyers, think they can Google everything and they're safety professionals all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. They're not. You're not. That's why you have subject matter experts. Safety is one of those. Engineers, another. Maybe your, your BIM modeler is another one. So there's a lot of people out there doing safety, but there's not a lot of people out there that know safety. Yeah, a lot of know people, it. Yeah, uh, a lot of people don't have that choice. A lot of our members... They're like HR managers or quality control managers. And the boss comes in one day and says, hey, you're in charge of safety now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of people yeah. aren't even choosing to go into safety, but they're kind of pressured in there, which is a lot of times why we do this podcast is to pick the brain of safety managers to kind of give those professionals the tools. And one thing I talk about leadership all the time, and some people disagree with me, and that's okay. But literally, I see there's like three things to effective leadership. First one is understanding what leadership is, right? The ins and out of leadership. The second thing is understand people because people are so diverse and different, have different expectations. If you don't know how to communicate and engage with people, you're, you're going to struggle no matter how good of a leader you are. And the third thing is, and I hear this what you're saying about know your manual is you really have to know your field. 
Now, I understand that leadership could be transferable in different markets and industries and all that. But if you don't know your stuff, you don't know your stuff. And at the end of the day, you could be a great leader. You could be inspirational. You know how to engage people. But if you don't know the field you're working in, really, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to lose your credibility yeah. quick. They're going to like you and say you're a nice guy or, or gal, but they're not going to follow you because they don't trust what you actually know. So that's a very important piece that you gave us today is like, know your stuff, lead people, but know your stuff. So the second question is, Jared. If there's one overarching safety issue across the board that you think that needs to be fixed, no matter where you work, no matter what industry you're in, what would it be? All right, this is my favorite one right here. So we have three things to make the work activity happen. So you, you've got a tool or equipment, you've sure. got the human, and then you've got the work activity itself. Now, you take the work activity and you have an architect who designs it and engineers that puts it together and it can't be but one thirty second of an inch off and it's got to be galvanized bolts at this weight and we sure. do a risk assessment on it and it's sequenced at this time and then we end up reevaluating and we put it into our weekly plan and look at it for high risk activities and we do a PTP and a JSA right. and we do all, all these things for the work activity and then we get our tool and even if we use a drill it's got to be picked up, inspected, look at the cord. Is the color coding right for this month? Is the grounding, you know, prong on there? That's just for a drill. But what do we do for the people? The person who, who is between the tool and the work activity is we motivate them for maybe five or ten minutes at stretch and flex, and then we right. rely on them to go to work. Yeah. We do not focus on the most important aspect of the tool work activity interface, which is the human. We need to be intentional about four things. Their stress level, Huge. their hydration, yeah. their calorie intake, yeah. right? Nutrition and their rest. Those yeah. are your four things that you should be checking off on your human, which is where the leader should be engaging. But there is no checklist in the morning that says any of that, right? There's nothing. It just, everybody nods their head at the end of the PTP and signs it and their eyes are open and that's perfect. They're all important. Absolutely. But I think stress is one of the most underestimated things out there when it comes to safety, because we've, we've done some other podcasts on it where you pre COVID research shows America is just overstressed more than most, even Western nations. Right. And the symptoms of that are fatigue, lack of focus. I mean, think about just safety from those two things. You don't have to get into everything else, but you could start having like short memory lapses and things like that. All that affects safety, especially the fatigue part. But OSHA says their research shows that up the it increases safety risk up to 37%, especially if you're working night shifts and overtime. So stress, people are like, yeah, just how you handle stuff, get over it. And it's not, there's physical stress, there's chemical stress, there's emotional stress, there's social stress. There's all these different things that factor in there, but it has an impact. It literally takes a toll on your body. So when you were telling people to stay focused, but maybe they're working too many hours, maybe they're having a relationship issue at home, all that affects it. And I know our safety council members, we sent a survey back last July and we asked them, you know, what are the main factors that cause you to work unsafely? And 25%, one out of four of our members said stress outside of work. Then another 13% said stress inside of work. What was crazy is our top two responses, which was, I believe, around half of our members both said complacency or lack of focus was one option. And the second was fatigue. 
both stress-related symptoms. So that's something like mm-hmm. employers will say, well, you know, I'm not their mom. I'm not going to go around and take care of them and baby everybody. No, but you really should be looking at stress and how you do things and what you could supply maybe through an EAP or HR, whatever that looks like to kind of guide mm-hmm. those employees and provide them some tools to take care of themselves. And then you'll see less injuries fall around you, whether that's anti-fatigue mats, hours work, shifts, you know, offering that EAP for out-of-work counseling, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned something interesting about the signs and symptoms of stress. So look those up and look at the signs and symptoms of, like you said, fatigue, and then add those with the signs and symptoms of dehydration. They're probably close to the same, right? They're all the same, right? Lack of focus, total vision, dizziness, confusion, at different levels, right, at different extremes. So take someone who's stressed that didn't sleep well, in a hot environment, and the ice water is 100 feet or 100 meters away. Right. And so is their lunch because the GC doesn't want you eating in the in in the uh, in the construction area. And so throw in peer pressure, which is oh man, you're the guy who always takes a break and go grabs the water and food. Right. Take all of those things, throw it all on top of each other. You have got a tool or a piece of equipment. That you're neglecting. You're yeah. absolutely, and this is the human, this is someone's loved one. And then you said, well, I'm not going to babysit, but you know what? A leader's role is to be the sword and the shield and use it when it's needed. And they are your responsibility. These people, your team members are your responsibility. And if they're not doing their job correctly, or there's something wrong, you should be picking up on this and figuring out what is wrong and helping them solve it. That's leadership. Yeah. What's crazy is, as, as we're talking about this and think about some secondary research I looked up in the last couple of years, and this relates to everything. Like if, if mm-hmm. people feel like they're cared about, and they're taken care of, whether you think it, you do it or not as a leader is irrelevant. It's their perception of it. And when you look at this, it has a huge impact on the numbers. So there's a huge business case you can make, for the financials in here, like turnover rates, how many people, you know what I mean? People like that, mm-hmm. that you can retain, that's all you can retain. People stick around to the place they like it and they're willing to like make much less money than they could somewhere else if they enjoy and they feel valued at their company. So this affects safety, this affects retention and turnover, this affects just overall everything. And how much more is that employee going to perform knowing that they're cared about and they're valued at that company? It's huge. I say watch for morale. Morale is the number one key performance indicator, I believe, in a safety culture. Do you see natural joy? And I'm not talking, we're not talking, you know, unicorns and rainbows. I'm saying when you walk down the hall with the safety manager or the project manager, are people saying hi, really saying hi, or are they avoiding? If they are, you need to be asking yourself, you know, where that gap in relationship is happening. I've seen places that you couldn't believe there's so much budget being thrown at. There's free snacks and swag everywhere and no one's happy. And, and, and the safety culture is terrible. And I've seen, I've been on rust bucket platforms in the middle of West Africa and we were having so much fun because we respected, trusted and appreciated our leadership that it didn't matter what environment you put us in. We, we, we had a team. Right. Uh, morale. Huge. Morale's huge. Yeah. And I hate to use this example because it's a serious topic, but it's it's literally like the drunk dad that beats his kid all the time and goes and buys him a bike. 
some cultures are like that. Like you literally yeah, yeah. like, hey, I'm going to treat you like crap. I'm going to take advantage of you and wear you out, but I'm going to give you a bunch of swag and I'll throw you a little barbecue to make you feel better. That doesn't make you feel better. People are going to be appreciative of it and they're going to get excited about it. And guess what happens the next day? You treat them like crap again. So it doesn't mean anything. It has no long-term effect because the culture doesn't shift and the way they're being treated doesn't shift. So that's some good insight, man. I appreciate that. And let's go to the third question. If there's one piece of advice that you would give other safety managers to help inspire them in the daily grind, what would that be? Just know that you're planting seeds. The one thing about a firefighter or a paramedic or maybe even a soldier, there's sometimes there's instant gratification, right? You, you saved that person. You saved the dog. You, you saved the day. But with safety, you're, you should be being proactive. And you're like, hey, like, what are, where are the fruits of my labor here? Like, I didn't, I didn't save anybody, but yes, you did. You can't measure it because you can't see it. But just remember, your job is huge and it's so important because we as safety professionals have the obligation responsibility to protect those loved ones and to make them better than they came in that morning and make a place where they want to come to work so that they tell their friends about your project and you start to get folks who want to show up to work. So keep up the hard work Be persistent, know your stuff, and know that you're making a difference. And you will find out through stories. People will start to to corner you or come to your office or talk to you about a speech you gave or a class that you gave, and they're going to start to thank you. And just know that that nugget or that thanks means they learned something or they're changing the way they act, which means they may be doing something safer which means they might not get hurt for the old decisions they used to make. So be inspired. Find a mentor. Find a mentor, someone who will help answer your eternal questions or your self-reflections. It doesn't even have to be in safety. A lot of folks understand conversations. Tell them about conversations you had that were tough and see if you handled it right. You said something really cool. It reminded me of this sales job I had when I was a young man, and I remember going through and it promised all this money so it got you all excited and it, it wasn't what it cracked up to be at the end of the day but i remember one thing marked me they took us through like three or four days of training and i quit my job i'm so excited and I'm, I'm i'm going through here and the first couple of days all they did was sell us on what we're going to be selling and everyone going through the training was like hey when are you going to teach us how to sell this thing when are you going to teach us how to sell this thing uh, you know how are you going to tell, what are we doing? How do we go up and approach people? Like how, what do we say this or this is? And the guy's like, guys, stop. Listen, if I can't sell you and make you fall in love with this machine, you're never going to be able to sell it to anybody. Never going to be able to sell it because no one's going to believe you because you don't like yourself. How are you possibly going to sell something that you can't appreciate yourself? And a light bulb went off and I was like, my goodness, you know what? This dude's right. Like he's right. And how much more is that work for safety where, we treat our employees well. We engage them. They generally feel like the weak are concerned about their safety and all these different things. And it, they sell the company for you. They sell the products. They sell the culture. They tell their relatives and friends to come work here because they take care of you. I hear about jobs. There's a manufacturer. I don't know if you ever heard of McMaster Car. McMaster Car has a huge warehouse about 15, 20 minutes away from here. And people are like begging to get in there. People with college degrees are going to work in a warehouse 
because they take care of people so bad and people try to get in. I've tried to get in when I was younger and send resumes. I have a master's degree here. Pick me, pick me. Didn't even get a callback because they're so peculiar about their culture and who they want there. But people are literally knocking on the door trying to work there. So they never have an issue with talent retention. They never, they never have an re- issue with recruitment because you can't get in unless you're referred and then you fit the description of the culture. It's a powerful thing. So, but yeah, I appreciate that. Everything you said. So there's an old saying, it says, don't tell me, show me. So, you know, walk the walk, look out for one another, reach out to folks. LinkedIn has been an amazing resource. It's got me two opportunities that are amazing. And there's a lot of folks on there that are willing to help. So what I'm saying is if you need anything, that's where you can find me. And then, of course, you can message me and we could chat. And I would say, don't trailblaze. Someone's already done it. So just ask. Save yourself some time so you can focus on being intentional with employees. Don't spend it in the office researching on stuff that's already been done. Uh, get to the field and know folks are out there to help you. Jared, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I think we got some good information out here. I love the term you're using, the human interface. You should copyright that, a trademark right or whatever that looks in. And uh, that's good. I hope to hear more about that in the future, man. So good luck in everything that you're doing out there. Thanks so much for stopping by. All right, Mike. Hey, thanks, man. Call me if you need anything. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.